Hello. So, okay, I don't know if this happens to anyone else, but do you ever get like a second wind of energy after dinner? <laughs> um, I was doing something really bad for like, it became a habit and I feel like I'm breaking the habit, but I would eat dinner and then sit down and lay down and watch TV and then I would fall asleep and I wouldn't be asleep for like a long time, maybe like 30 minutes at the most, like 15, 30 minutes. And then I was having a really hard time falling asleep and I was like, I need to break this habit. And so instead of eating dinner and then just like waiting to put the dishes in the dishwasher, I have been like trying to take a more active approach to like after I'm done eating, like move around. I think that's what you're supposed to do. But what this has done is it gives me like a second wave of energy and I was like, you know what? I should just record this podcast intro now. Um, I got a lot of stuff done today and I try not to like pride myself on like being like productive as if that was like a worthy and deserving day. I think that we should just have those even if you're just laying on the couch all day watching Netflix because like you need to and you need to rest like I think that should be equivalent to like actually being productive but I was actually really productive with um a lot of stuff today and yeah it was just a weird day woke up kind of late but then I was oddly productive and now I'm having like a second wind but it that is so irrelevant to you. I don't know if that I'm the only one that happens to where you get that like surge of energy um, after dinner. I'm probably going to like fall asleep so good. So fall asleep so good. Um, Am I? (laughs) Where's what is my grammar? Grammar. Grammar. Okay. I need to start doing exercises like with my mouth because apparently I'm having trouble talking. Anyway, I really liked the feedback that I was getting about the mashup episode, episode number 66. I thought that was a really cool idea that I had randomly in the shower. All of my good ideas come to me when I'm either walking or in the shower. And I figured that I would just throw that one, that episode together. Um, I had to edit it myself because I had to go through each interview and like pick out the points that I liked. So yeah, that was kind of a challenge for me, but I did it and I really, really am proud of that episode and I love that episode and I want to continue to do those types of mashups. So I'm thinking maybe once a month I'll do them um, because it was quite a bit of, it took me a while. I think if I can get a process down, it'll be easier for me to send the clips to an editor. Um, But yeah, I really loved that episode. So if you guys haven't checked it out, it's episode number 66 titled Mashup. And I will give you a little bit of a warning. It might make you want to quit your job. No joke. That was the response that I got was this gave me the confidence to finally leave my nine to five and start my own business or to really push myself and get the income that I need to feel comfortable leaving my nine to five. Um, We talk about so many things about how it doesn't take anyone's quote special to be an entrepreneur. We talk about faith over fear and what you need to actually show up to level yourself up in your in your business. We talk about 
money strategy tips. We talk about repurposing your skills from previous jobs or if you were a housewife or stay-at-home mom that you can repurpose your skills of running the household into an actual business, a personal assistant job or a VA and kind of growing from there. So that's what episode number 66 is about. I really enjoyed it and I enjoyed putting it together and I'm so grateful for the amazing women that I've and men that I've had on the podcast and having to uh, a kind of a bank of content to pull from and especially around surrounding, you know, one particular area. So so let's make a hard transition. <laughs> Sorry, those were just some like lighthouse keeping um, details for you. Um, so today's guest, her name is Riley Rain, and she's a spiritual mentor. And I met Riley on Facebook. I think she commented something about, I don't even remember. That's really going to bother me. Um, <laughs> again, I'm a huge advocate for using Facebook as a connector and not so much a way to like get people to like know like to buy things from you no matter if you're in an MLM network marketing or you have your own business I think some people are really successful if they have the audience already there but I think Facebook is great as a way to connect with people so I connected with Riley Rain and we scheduled like a pre-interview, which I do for every interview. And we just started talking and we started talking about spirituality in a way that I haven't heard it spoken, talked about before. So I'm going to say spoken about, talked about before. Um, And I think that this type of conversation is super important for so many reasons, because I think we think spirituality has to be this grand esoteric type of thing and it's a lot simpler than you think and I think when we connect to that light to that divine power whatever it is that you believe in sorry I just hit my mic um really great things happen in your life <laughs> and it doesn't we talk a lot about you know even with spirituality I think people think that it's like the Reiki and the oracle cards and meditation and like crystals and like you have to pay for all this money. Like, spirituality actually doesn't cost anything. And I think that, and and Riley and I really clear up, like, look, like, yes, the tarot cards, the oracle cards, the Reiki sessions, the crystals, all of that can help you. It's kind of like an assist, an assistant or a something tangible, but real spirituality isn't that. And I think that we just had a really interesting conversation about it. And I think Riley has a really interesting background where she actually grew up listening to people like Louise Hay, like, um, why can't I, Wayne Dyer. I was like, why can I not remember his name? I could like see his face in my head, but I couldn't like figure, I was like, what is that? What is his name? Wayne Dyer. Um, RIP to both of them. Amazing. I was introduced to Wayne Dyer last year. I had heard him uh, heard of him before, but I wasn't I didn't really like follow him or understand like what who he was or what he did. So, I think Riley is light years ahead of where we're at right now with 
spirituality and what spiritual practices can look like. And I think she's really going to give people the space to define what spirituality means to them. And I think meeting people where they're at is so important. And I think Riley gives people, she meets them where they're at, and then she gives them the space to really grow into their own spiritual practice and really define it for themselves. And I think that that is so important. And I will include all of Riley's links down below so you can find her on Instagram and Facebook. I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. I had so much fun chatting with her and I think that you guys will really have some some big takeaways from it. So I will see you guys on Friday. I have a really cool little episode um, planned for you guys about how to collaborate and connect with people in whatever industry you're in. I think it'll be amazing. But first, listen to this episode and I will catch you guys on Friday. All right. Be kind. Be well. Be grateful. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Are we recording? (laughs) Wait. Is this thing on? Seriously. Am I recording? (laughs) You're listening to Let's Get Into It, a podcast designed to help you in your life and in your business. My name is Brie Marie and I'm your host. You might have stumbled upon my blog, livingbreely.com, or taken one of my online courses, or maybe you're just learning about my work for the first time. As a business strategist, course creator, and a seasoned blogger, I've had the opportunity to sit down with number one best-selling authors, world-class experts, coaches, healers, and other online entrepreneurs who are super excited to share with you their stories, learning lessons they've had along the way, and how they continue to strive on making an impact in our world. Each week, I want to bring you two episodes full of tangible and actionable steps to inspire you to have an impactful, sustainable, and purpose-driven life and business. So let's get into it. Hey, Riley. Hi. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. I'm super excited that you're here. Me too. So Riley, tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So I am a spiritual mentor and I help you to reconnect your belief, your mindset, and your energy back to your truth so that you can live more fully in your light and in your spiritual connection to life. And I do that through one-on-one coaching. I do that through some online courses. Now I'm doing that more um, openly on podcasts and different kinds of collaborations. So that's a little bit about my background and, and the magic that I make in the world. Yay. Yeah, I love doing podcasts. I think that's such a great way to like collaborate with people who do who are like in different spaces than you, but yeah. then there's also like this overlap of like both obviously both audiences but like also work, like the work that you do and whether it's in like different a different modality altogether, but yeah, it's just a really cool way to collaborate. Totally. I totally agree. And I'm loving it. It's so much fun. 
Yes, definitely. So one of the things that Riley and I were talking about um, before we hit record was what spirituality actually is. And so I want you to share with everyone like what your definition of spirituality is. Mm, Okay. So my definition of spirituality is so, so, so simple. My, a lot of my work and a lot of what I want to share in the world is that spirituality is a lot um, less complicated and complex than we are being told than we kind of believe right now in society. So my definition of spirituality is your connection to life and your connection to the heartbeat of yourself and of your life and of what that gets to look like for you and where the miracles are and where the love is in your life and in your experience and also how you can share more of that. Um, Of course, like tarot cards, we were talking about earlier, tarot cards and crystals and twin flames and some of that stuff can be really helpful as a tool. But I think a lot of people right now really are like, oh, well, I don't know that language. So I'm not a spiritual person, right? And that's totally backwards in my opinion. Um, And I I want more people to understand that this this thing called spirituality, this spiritual connection that we all have within our own hearts and souls is the same for all of us. And it doesn't have to be um, connected to crystal energy or tarot readings or things like that. Although I do love all of those things and use all of them in my own life too. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think when like people ask the question, like, what is spirituality or like, are you spiritual? I mean, it can mean Mm -hmm. so many different things for so many different people, right? Like, and I think it's all about like defining what spirituality is for you. It doesn't have to be like an organized religion. You don't necessarily Mm -hmm. have to believe in a higher power to be considered spiritual. Like there's just so many different facets of it. And I think it's really great that you're encouraging people to kind of define it for themselves. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and that's exactly what I want to do is I want more people to understand, especially those that aren't yet like in the quote-unquote spiritual communities that Mm -hmm. are curious and want to feel more of that connection to life and that kind of understanding that everything happens for a reason and there is beauty in everything. There can be beauty in everything when we choose to see that. Um, right. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be kind of sharing that and expressing that and hopefully inviting more people to get a little bit closer to their own lives. Absolutely. And the other thing, and I mentioned this in our pre-interview, was that, you know, we're talking about like Reiki and Oracle cards or astrology. I mean, it can be, or even crystals, it's super intimidating. Like if you're not in the space and you're like, oh my gosh, like in order to be spiritual, like I need to like buy all these crystals and like go to Reiki sessions and do yoga and like hire a shaman and like get out of the house. It's like, oh, it can be super intimidating and overwhelming. And I think even 
like the great thing I think about defining your own spiritual practice is that you <laughs> can make it as expensive or inexpensive as you want because yes. those crystals can get pretty pricey. I'm like, yeah. what does this $200 crystal do? <laughs> like, right, right. Does it come with a butler? Because then I would be more right. like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, the crystal, well, it's beautiful and divinely made and energetic and powerful in itself. When you don't have your own energy or your own belief aligned with that tool that you're using, it's not going to be able to support you, right? So Mm -hmm. it's really like, I think we really have to be able to tune into our own hearts and our own spirits before we can even like step into that world of crystals and cards and twin flames and meditation and all of those things. Meditation might be the exception to the rule though. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's so interesting that you brought up that like, if you spend a lot of money, you might, and then like you're feeling a certain way about spending that much money on a crystal, then it like is yeah. it in alignment and it's not serving its purpose. And to like yeah. make this a superficial example, like when I first started making, you know, money in my business, I went out and I bought a really expensive purse and I was like mm-hmm. super excited about it. Cause it was like the first, I mean, I've had other designer handbags, but it's yeah. just like felt different to me when I was like, I'm, yeah. like, I'm so excited. I like was hyped up. I like did my research, all of that, went and got the bag, went out to eat. And then I was like, I got in my car and I just like, I put my bag down in my passenger seat and I just like looked at it. And I was like, the the emotion was so fleeting for, it lasted for like three Mm. hours. That like feeling of like, Oh my God, I bought this like expensive thing because I could, and I don't have to like stress like, and then I was like, Oh, but okay, now that feeling is gone. And then I wasn't just in line. Like, I mean, I still have the bag, but it's like, it took me a while. Like I, I couldn't use it. I felt like super resentful that I spent that type of money. And I was like, what is this actually like doing? Like, oh my God, that was so dumb. I could have spent it on so many other things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's like all money mindset stuff, but I think the same goes for like a crystal, like you're going to spend a couple hundred dollars on a crystal or Reiki practitioner, like whatever. And if you feel like that shame or this like lack for spending that type of money, it's not actually going to serve you in any way. Yeah, totally. And I think even like, even if money isn't the thing, right? Like even if you spend, I don't know, like $4 on a crystal, even if you have that like smaller investment and your energy isn't behind it, it's not going to be able to support you. So I think, I think the biggest thing with this spiritual um, experience that we all have access to and get to have is that it's, it's about our own work and it's about really tuning into our own soul and our own heart right? and really looking at how we're feeling about our life. And if it doesn't feel feel good, then we can change that. But we have to change that from within. We can't do it externally with the oracle cards and the crystals. Those things can help us when we're doing the inner work, mm-hmm. but they themselves are not the the solution. I love, I love that you just said that because yes, I love that you said that they're not the solution. They're almost like an aid. Like they're mm-hmm. just here to kind of be like that buffer, but they're not like exactly what you said. They're not, 
the ultimate solution because yeah. I, hear, <laughs> I hear that so much from, you know, people who are like in the woo-woo space. Yeah. Not that, like woo-woo is like bad. Like I totally believe in it. I'm on that wave. But I'm also totally. like very realistic and logical. Like that's the business mm-hmm. side of my brain. Yep. And so I hear like, I hear this often like, oh, well, I'm an air, like I am an Aries, but like, I'll be like, oh, it, someone will say like, oh, I'm an Aries. So that's why I can't do this. Or like, mm-hmm. oh, I have blocked energy. So that's why I'm unable to like do this. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, you're still the human being. You still need to show up. Like you still need to do this thing. I don't care if you're a Taurus or a Cancer or whatever. Like it's not an excuse to be one, a shitty person or two, like not do the work (laughs) that you need to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I totally relate to that. I think that is a beautiful point to make as well because it comes back to this like external thing, right? The spirituality isn't the external thing of, you know, this chart says I'm in Aries and I have so many friends who are beautiful and amazing astrologers and I love and support them so much. So I want to be clear that I'm not like (laughs) talking shit about them. And at the same time, like, yeah, you are a spirit. You have, you have a soul, you have this life. And the story of Aries act this way doesn't have to be who you are. Exactly. And it probably isn't, right? And I I would probably think too that one of my good astrologer friends would say, okay, yeah, that that might be an Aries trait, but it's probably an Aries like acting very out of alignment with the truth of what Aries is. Mm, that's so true. Yeah, I'm not shitting on any astrology or astrologers or like healers. Yeah, we love them. I, yeah, we love them <laughs> and I get it, but I'm talking about the people who use it as an excuse. Yeah, and like totally. try to make it the solution to all of their problems when it's like, mm-hmm. no, the solution is you. You got The solution do, is you. You, you are show, just divine energy. Yeah, like, you got to show up and do the work. Yeah. Yeah. And the work is really just releasing and, and seeing and witnessing and releasing anything that is in the way or out of alignment. And by that, I mean out of truth with who you are. And that like honestly is divine energy and divine love. That's the truth. And that's the essence of who we are. So to say, oh, I can't do that because I'm an Aries is so out of alignment with truth and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So to kind of transition yeah, I want everyone. I want you to tell everyone your background with spirituality because I think this is so unique, and oh. I'm really big into like. I mean, this is like basic psychology too, but like also mm-hmm. why people are the way that they are, and it usually has to do with like childhood stuff and like how we totally. grew up and how we were raised. Yeah. Um, and I talk about like my childhood quite a bit, and like I know there are certain things in my childhood that I'm like, oh, this is exactly why I am the way that I am as an adult, both both Mm -hmm. positive and negative, not all positive. Um, you had, I didn't get introduced to some of the, the, the quote, the work or really into spirituality. I think it's like a a continuum for me, but Mm -hmm. I didn't really get into it until I was probably like 22. Two twenty-three. Yeah, you had a completely different experience. So share that with us if you feel okay. comfortable. Yeah, totally. 
I love sharing this. Um, so yeah, I grew up in a very spiritually open family in a very spiritually open household. And that was pretty much always normal to me. Um, and when I grew up, you know, coming of age and having different conversations with friends and seeing different conversations happening in the world around me, I realized like, oh, this this closeness to my spirit is not normal. It's not something that everybody um, just like naturally has, or they don't believe that they naturally have it. Where I was raised in a space where I was really allowed to um, to have that natural inclination to my intuition and to my heart and to my emotions and to who I wanted to be in the world and how I wanted to you know, create things in the world. And I was always, always given the space to just be very explorative with that. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. And <laughs> so I have just always been in this connection to myself and to, you know, my intuition and that gut feeling. And as I got older, I realized that for a lot of people, that's not something that they have been taught is accessible for them. And so that's something that's really important to me in my work and in, in what I do in the world and what I share with the world is I want more people to understand that this spiritual connection is not some kind of, you know, weird space where there's privilege and people have that because they've been allowed that. Mm. It's something that all of us have we all have access to it if we're willing to follow those natural inclinations of intuition and listen to our heart throughout our lives. And I think that's something that more people are starting to do, which makes me so happy and excited. And I definitely think our generation is really like taking it with, with stride and saying, I am an individual and I know what my heart is set on and I know what I want to create. And that's so so exciting and beautiful to me so okay there's so many things that I want to like touch on I know what you just said (laughs) (laughs) I did Um, just say a lot (laughs) yeah no it's okay it's okay let's just unpack it so growing up who were some of the people that were in who were I guess of influence in your household Mm, yeah so my parents definitely Um, they have been on their journeys. My mom has been on her journey for a very long time. My my dad has been on his journey for kind of a shorter time, but still a very long time. Um, and they both just were always reading. Hope you kind of cut out. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, no. I don't know what happened. Okay. Uh, it's okay. Um, um, you said you were saying that your dad was on his, not for as long as your mom, but had also been on Yes. Her. Okay, cool. So, yeah. So, they've both been on their journey for quite a while, um, both individually and together. And they've, they've always been reading personal development books. There was always a lot of Wayne Dyer in my house when I was really young. Um, we have lots of books on Buddhism in our house that I would see hanging around when I was little. And my grandparents as well were very much on their spiritual journeys. They, um, they studied with Maharishi and 
my grandfather had done lots of work in transcendental meditation and played with that space a lot, which trickled down to my mother as well, who um, like got her first walking mantra when she was like eight or nine years old, which I think is so cool. So they were definitely big, big influences in my life. And while I like had that space and that freedom and that understanding that there was something bigger. I always had this understanding that there was something bigger. I also didn't tap into it myself until I was like 17 or 18 years old, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, I kind of had my own journey where I reconnected with all of that in my own way, which is really cool too. So just to circle back, transcendental meditation is there's yes. different types of meditation. Um, yes. I practice mindfulness meditation, um, transcendental mm-hmm. meditation. You're actually assigned a mantra and it's more of an, on, I can never say this word, onomatopoeia. What am I trying to say? It's like- Onomatopoeia? Yeah, but it's like onomatopoeic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't say the word. Um, That's okay. So I don't not, even know what the word is. <laughs> okay. It basically doesn't have like a meaning. It's not like you're walking around saying like- yeah. I am calm. I am calm. I am calm. That's not your mantra. It's like, it's actually assigned to you and it doesn't really, there's no actual like value to the word kind of thing or the mantra. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just a tool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was introduced to TM because it was really big in like LA culture. Like a lot of celebrities were, which is, it's kind of weird um, because you have to like go and you have to pay for it. And, and the, uh, people are always like, oh, like, why do you have to pay for meditation? Like, it should be free. And yeah. I do agree with yeah. that to an extent. Like, I think in LA, it's just, mm-hmm. like, you know, spiritual, spirituality is a, is an entire industry in LA. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit different. I, I've actually never, I don't think I've ever talked about this, but when I first started meditating, I actually had a meditation teacher and he kind of, he didn't, the way that he, you paid him per se was Mm -hmm. on, was like the easiest way I can explain it was like on a sliding scale. He didn't say like, okay, it's $3,000 for four weeks or six weeks or whatever. It was like, yeah, you pay me what you can. And so I was like, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Is that like $10? Like, am I trying to pay your rent? Like, what does that actually mean? And the, the, when I went to one of my friends about that, he was like, no, what that means is like, you need to pay enough to where it hurts, like enough to where it pinches a little bit, not to the point Mm -hmm. where like, you can't pay your bills, but like to the point where like, it kind of is like, oh, like I'm actually showing up to do the work. Kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning. Like there has to be, we, a, equate money to value and if we're not gonna if we're gonna you know a hundred dollars to me back then was a shit ton of money so I was like oh my gosh like okay a hundred dollars like of course I'm gonna sit down and do the work because I'm paying this man a hundred dollars to do it like a hundred dollars to me now is completely different than what it was back then I'd probably have to pay way more in order for me (laughs) to sit down and actually do do that work yeah if that makes any sense yeah yeah it definitely does and I think too like there's this weird kind of 
air around spirituality that like because it's this divine work that we have this calling towards we shouldn't be charging for it Mm. um and a lot of people have that perception too like oh this is your this is your like great work in the world you should be giving it away for free when at the same time we're humans right like we we do deserve to be taken care of and we are worthy of that so as much as we are giving a gift I think it is appropriate that that we you know receive in return and not from a space of like oh I'm giving you something you have to give back but just an understanding of because I'm doing this great work I also get to be taken care of um, and I love that your teacher did that because it, it does require you to get a little bit uncomfortable, which also requires you to like decide that you're devoted to your journey and whatever that is, whether it's yoga or meditation or um, cycle. You know, traveling the world or soul cycle. <laughs> I'm just yeah, kidding, everyone. Cycle. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> yes, I apologize to the soul cycle gods. Um, <clears throat> no, I mean... Absolutely. I think, and I think I see this all the time with, with healers and people in the spirituality spaces, they are scared to charge or they get like bashed for charging. And it's like, yep, you're paying for the information, for the knowledge, for the experience. Like, I think because spirituality isn't always something that's tangible. I mean, we can get into Mm -hmm. the Reiki and the tarot cards and the crystals, but like actual spirituality isn't tangible. And so people think, well, what am I paying for if I'm not actually getting something in return, like something tangible? And that's like the wrong way to look at these types of interactions or these types of services is it's very results driven. You're not going to, you know, pop out a crystal or something at the end of your work with someone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's such a beautiful point to bring up too, because even in my own work, I have kind of acknowledged that there's definitely this space um, in my work where miracles occur, right? And we can, we can talk the definition of miracles all day long. And at that same time, like, that's a big thing to, to claim, right? Like, I, I feel so uncomfortable saying publicly, oh, I'm a miracle worker, because people have their own varying opinions and perceptions of what that is. And it's not tangible. It's just something that occurs. It's this healing or this blessing or this lightness that occurs within the space of me working with someone and that can be like in any space that can be in a mentoring space or it can be in like hey let's go have a coffee date and just like talk about life right like it doesn't have to be in this um strictly spiritual type of container and I think that a lot of spiritual leaders who maybe don't know that they're leaders yet, you know, kind of struggle with that because it isn't tangible, but it is just as valuable as we know it is, even though it's not a physical thing that we can put a number on. It is, it is a very real experience, right? And I think very similarly to maybe traveling the world, you never know what exactly you're going to get but you're going to get what you need out of it and you're going to get what you're meant to receive out of it. 
Absolutely. So how do people open themselves up to receive more? Oh, I think I like that you asked me that because just this last week I've been like in my own learnings. <laughs> right, we always this, are. This energy of like receiving and okay, cool. So like I do talk about it receiving a lot and sometimes, you know, I kind of get that universal slap in the face. Hey, wait, are you receiving? So it's beautiful that you brought that up because that totally happened this week. I think the biggest thing when it comes to receiving is really trusting that what people choose to share with you or how people choose to, you know, bring blessing into your life, whether that's paying you for your services or, you know, just showing up with their time and being dedicated to their own journey, that is meant for you. And there's, there's so much, um, I don't know, maybe it's conditioning that we have where we try to like deflect it and we're like, oh, well, you like, you really don't have to. Right. And I think that's something that, that leaders do, especially in the coaching industry with how they charge for their services is like feeling like, oh, well, even though I know I'm worth this number and the space that I hold and the things that I teach and share and the transformations that my clients go through, even though I know that that is incredibly valuable, I don't want to put this high number on it because I feel like that somehow is going to um, disempower the client. And the truth is, like, if the client knows they're meant to work with you, that factor is not going to disempower them. If anything, it's going to empower them more to really show up for their transformation. And so with that perception and that kind of understanding, I think it becomes easier for us to know that we're allowed to receive for the really bold, beautiful work that we share with the world. I love that. I love that. And so kind of on the opposing sides, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. You talked a little bit about in previously a couple minutes Mm -hmm. ago, used the word accessibility and privilege. So I think this is huge because a lot of people think, I mean, even at some point, myself included, that like Mm -hmm. spirituality was something of privilege to practice. Um. So what do you have to kind of say to that accessibility and that privilege? I am so glad that you're asking me this because that means I have to answer it. And that, that just is really exciting to me because it is a little bit uncomfortable, right? People don't really want to talk about this. Um, I think that there are definitely ways that our great work can be shared and can be shared in both spaces of this is a very high touch thing where I'm going to be really heavily supporting you. And that also means that I get to be compensated for that. And so if you're like, if you're ready for that space, that space is there for you. And I don't, I'm not going to put a number on it specifically, but we all kind of know that that number is definitely higher and might not be accessible for everyone. And at the same time, there are spaces where we can show up 
for live events. We can hold containers, circles, community spaces where it is more accessible. And that's something that I'm really wanting to do this year and have lots of plans for doing this year um, because it's really, really important that we can meet the people who need our work where they're at. And some people will be at a space where they can pay $1,000 for a program or $20,000 for a program. And other people will be at a space where all that they can do is show up to some local building at a certain time and be open to what you have to share. And I think it's really important to show up in both of those spaces. Absolutely. And I love that you talked about meeting people where they're at. I think that's so, so valuable, especially like, I mean, not even in a financial aspect, but like spirituality too. Like someone who's super new to it, like you can't start, Mm -hmm. you know, the heavy hitting stuff because they're going to be like, what is, is this the cult? (laughs) Like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, that's the thing that I'm really learning more and more is that we really need to be holding more, just holding more space, right? Mm-hmm. Like as much as those larger coaching packages are beautiful and, and really do hold so much transformation for whoever is in that space, both the coach and the client, we also are in this to, to leave a beautiful ripple effect on the world. And I think that if we're really, you know, on this path, especially in in the space of following our purpose and feeling called into leadership, I think we really need to hold more space because leaving that big ripple and that really bold and meaningful legacy does not happen within a few one-on-one coaching sessions. It happens in really unified community. And if we want to create that, then we have to like show up to create that. Absolutely. I think community is huge. Um, I just even know for myself how valuable community has been in healing, in my journey, in like my personal growth, just everything. If I didn't have a sense of community, I don't know what I would be doing. I think just as human beings in, in general, like we are meant to be part of a community in some way where we feel Definitely. like we belong and we connect. It doesn't mean that we're all the same type of person. Like that drives me crazy when people are like, we're literally the same person. Like, no, please never say that. You're unique. You're completely different. <laughs> if you think you're the same yeah. as someone else, like you're just falling in line and you're a drone. Like you need to be your own person. So, but I mean, I think having your own belief, having a community that is centered around a belief of something. I mean, this is why like people like the flat earthers just like, you know, go crazy. I'm like going off today. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, But like, that's why that's like kind of why those communities grow so large is because it, it has a sense of belonging. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. And oh my God, I love that you brought that up because the the idea of belonging and what that means, of course, brings me back to Brene Brown and her work. And she is like a huge, huge inspirer of mine. Mine um, too. I'm reading Rising <laughs> Strong right now. <laughs> she, her work is just so brilliant and bulletproof. Like it is bulletproof. And that's, that's the thing that 
I, in my own journey and in my own, you know, unraveling of who I am and who I get to be in the world and what I share, like that's one thing that I really want to hone in on is that, that sense of mastery and that sense of really clear understanding of what it is that you're teaching, right? And she just does that so beautifully. It blows me away every single time. I think that's such an admirable goal, too, to, like, Thank have you. a sense of mastery. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm reading Rising Strong right now. I think I'm only 70 pages in. Um, I've yeah. watched – I obviously watched her TED Talk. I watched a couple of interviews that she's done, so I've known about her. And I have, like, two of her books, but I've never read them. And this year I really felt called – to do that I think um to read those books and I think sometimes books or just like people in general like you have to be again going back to being in a receiving mode like you have to be receptive to the message that they're talking about like there have been times in my life like if you would have sat me down and made me watch Brene Brown's TED talk I would have been like okay like who (laughs) is this lady what is she talking about I have no idea And I moved on, you know, but I think yeah. again, you have to be in the right mindset. You have to be in a, in a mode of receiving and really understanding. And then also realizing some people just aren't going to jive with you. So, yeah. but I love that you have the, the vision for becoming a master in the work that you're doing. And thank you that's, I think that's like what's going to propel the world forward is when there are people like that who want to master what their craft is and master their message. And the only way to do that is again, to jump on a podcast, jump on podcasts and like repeat yourself over and over and over again. (laughs) So you get the like, one to hear yourself is so humbling, like still to this day, I'm 67 episodes in and I'm like, man, my voice or like, why did I say that? So you just have to kind of like learn, I think. Yeah. And to put yourself totally. Yeah. To put yourself too in vulnerable spaces where you're going to be asked hard questions. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, you're either willing to go there or you're not. And that's, that's your choice as somebody who wants to give more love to the world. I would hope that you're willing to go there. Yeah. I mean, definitely you get asked hard questions all the time. And I love the clients who challenge me and ask me hard questions. And like the answer I have for them is I don't know. Um, And that's taken me a long time to get there to be like, I don't know the answer, but I will find out or I will try to get you the answer to the best of my ability. Like that's all you can really do. Yeah, or I I can support you in seeking that answer, right? Oh, because, that's a good one. Yeah, because sometimes it's not about like the coach knowing everything. Sometimes it's right. about you just being able to hold that space for someone else's healing and for being able to really like let them know that they are not alone in that process. And so I think holding space Exactly. It's holding space. I mean, even as a business coach Mm -hmm. and then you as a spiritual mentor, like it's not about us having the answers and then being like, what do I do about this problem? Like 90% of the time, like even if the person comes to me, I mean, granted within reason, if they're like, I'm going to, 
do something crazy, I'm going to be like, mm, that's not the best idea. But if they're like, I have this thing and I think I want to do it, but I don't really know, like my job is almost to write them a permission slip, which is something Brene Brown yep. talks about in her book is just to be like, go and do it. Like 90% of why businesses or even I'm sure spiritual practices succeed is because they're, it's part, it's all an experiment. It's all like, let me try this. Let me see if it works. If it doesn't work, okay, at least I learned this and let me move on to the next idea. So a lot of the time, like it's not even me. Yes. uh, You know, I have the strategy. I've done this before. I've done this multiple times of building a business, an online brand. So I get it. I understand how it works, but like me just sharing that information with someone isn't going to do them any good if they don't know how to execute ideas they already have in their brain. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I love that you pointed to, to the fact that it's not always just about solving a problem. Sometimes it's about like being on the journey and Mm -hmm. going through the experiences that aren't as comfortable or vibrant or, you know, sparkly as we want them to be and learning from those spaces so that we can use like the nutrients that we find in that soil of that dark space to create or to share something that is really vibrant and meaningful and can help others along their own journey in the sense of, you know, sharing our lessons and sharing how we've moved through what we've moved through. We're all on this thing called life together and the things we learn can help each other when we are are brave enough to share them. Absolutely. I feel like that's a great place to end this. So Riley, tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. I will have all of her links down below in the episode or show notes. So you can always swipe up, but just give us a little preview of where we can find you. Yeah. So I know that the link to my Facebook group, that community is so amazing. That's going to be in the show notes. Um, But really just go find me on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. And I would love to connect with you on there. If you have questions, you can always message me. Um, Or if, you know, something that we talked about sparked a thought for you that you'd like to discuss, I'm always down for a good conversation. So I would love to connect with everybody over on my Instagram. And what's your Instagram? It's at underscore Riley Rain. I love it. And Rain is R-E-I-G-N, right? Yes. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Oops. Hold on. (laughs) One more thing. If you loved this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Head over to my Instagram and tag me at livingbreely with you listening to this episode. I'd love to hear from you, see you, connect with you, and know which episodes and interviews you're finding valuable. For any courses, freebies, or blog posts mentioned in this episode, you can head over to livingbreely.com or check out the show notes below.